0: okay three two one hi christine welcome to the podcast
1: hi shannon how are you doing
0: yeah quite good how are you
1: i am good i am busy but very good
0: yes good Good. um it's the first of november today which is crazy i know
1: (laughs) i know I honestly as soon as i went into the shops today everything is christmas isn't it it's like halloween was a hundred years ago it is now christmas
0: yeah it's wild isn't it? I, know.
1: <laughs> I quite like it. I'm not a Halloween fan mm-hmm. so I'm like okay I'm happy now it's done. <laughs> Let's
0: go. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about you, who you are, what you do. It can be professional, it can be personal, whatever you want to share with us to get to know you. Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not been at that before. Um, so I am a, I call myself a non-diet strength and movement coach um, and I work primarily with women 40 plus and I work in the non-diet space. I'm also an intuitive eat, eating counsellor um, but I'm really passionate about women finding their space in the fitness industry and you know feeling like they belong and making things more accessible, making it more fun making it less scary. The fitness space can be quite an intimidating, scary place for people. And I'm 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 just very passionate about women finding their strong when they hit 40 plus and feeling good in their body and taking up space in the world. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with my fitness business. Um and yeah, I could I could bang on about it all day. I'm I'm from a I come from an eating disorder background so I I struggled with anorexia in my teens and to be absolutely honest when it it morphed into various other eating disorders and issues throughout my 20s and 30s and it is only in my early 40s that I find intuitive eating um, and I find peace with food and movement so it's actually quite recent for me um, the last sort of six or seven years um, and then I just, with that, my fitness business evolved from being about the calorie burn to being about actually feeling good in your body and and building strength.
0: Mm, um, I love that. Thanks for sharing. So I actually didn't know that you were in a more like traditional fitness role before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I always, I don't know, but I always just, I think that we're like hatched. <laughs> of non-diet from from the beginning because that that's kind of what happened for me like I've always been non-diet weight inclusive like I've never worked with weight loss or anything Um mm. so I'm always really interested like what was the turning point for you to move into this non-diet space?
1: Um. Well I probably skirted around it the whole time anyway and you know when I actually started working one-to-one with clients I was very much already in the non-diet space so it was more when I started as an aerobics instructor Um, it was kind of drilled into you you know we got one module on nutrition and talked about calorie deficits and you know so I would lead my classes with you know if you work hard you can burn 500 calories in one hour and you know when I look back that kind of thing haunts me slightly but equally I'm I'm showing myself some compassion and kindness because that's where my head was at at that point. Um, and I think as I became a fitness instructor, I was still very much in diet culture and I was very much in an active eating disorder, which I was unaware of. Um, so the turning point, Shannon. I'm <laughs> going digressing. Um, the turning point for me was actually watching a documentary called Embrace. With Taryn Brumfitt, um, where she kind of went around the world asking people, asking women why they were so unhappy with their bodies, mm. and it was it's an amazing documentary, and um, I've done a few screenings of it, and it was just it was the first time that I thought actually I could just accept my body now, mm-hmm. as it is, I could be happy with my body exactly as it is, and you know let it breathe, let it eat. And let it be nourished and and you know find that freedom which was missing for so long. And it was that was really the turning point for me. And then I, I discovered intuitive eating after that. And then obviously Evelyn Triboli and um and Elise Resch just loved that course so much. Mm. Um and then as you know, it's a bubble. We're in a bubble, aren't we? So I clear I detoxed my entire feed. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by non-diet fitness professionals and non-diet dietitians and it's a very nice space to be in I have to say
0: (laughs) yeah it is really lovely sometimes I feel like it's a bit of a dream right like (laughs) I'm just kind of floating around like oh everything is amazing and everyone's non-diet but actually that isn't the case right we're like a minority
1: very much so, and I think you know we are targeted by the algorithm because we put I put fitness content out there. I'm very much targeted by the latest fitness phase, or you know the late, so I do see these accounts, and I absolutely i'm aware that you know the majority of people still are in that space where they're using movement as a way to burn off food or as punishment or to burn calories or to maintain or lose weight and it's and i have no judgment ever for people in that space because that's where i was for most of my life but it's just planting that seed isn't it you'll know this it's just about it you know if it's so entrenched these these beliefs are so ingrained enough in you know that our values equal to thinness or how our body looks that you know it's just planting the seed that there's a different way
0: yeah exactly and I actually think that your whole business whole vibe is really cool for that because actually I don't know about you but like I feel like fitness can actually be a really nice bridge from a restrictive mindset and a burning mindset to like a more non-diet and kind to yourself mindset probably like a lot more than food right because I feel like fitness is like yeah you feel you might feel like the the body change stuff but people can like really easily also feel like more energy more yeah um, you know there's a kind of difference right I feel there's a huge I I
1: totally agree with that. It's a really good way of looking at it because obviously if, with food you've got to eat three times a day or more every single day. So it's you cannot get away from it. Yeah. And it's you know um I do think exercise it can be a really nice or fitness or movement however you want to say it can be a really nice bridge but it also can be used compulsively and it can also be used um as you know you can have fitness exercise disorders in a similar way that you can have eating disorders and I see a lot of those behaviors um around me in the spaces that that I work in and um it's very prevalent so I think it is in theory it should be a nice bridge (laughs) but I think it's so diet culture is just permeated fitness culture so it's it's almost like the two go hand in hand, and it's really taking a step back. And as we were talking about, you know, filling up your feed with with accounts that make you feel good about yourself, and and offer movement that helps you tune in and, you know, feel better in your body rather than focusing on how your body looks to the world. Um, I think then it is a wonderful bridge, but I think it's very easy to be infiltrated or just be you know overloaded with accounts on Instagram and Facebook that are just all about you know it week transformation challenges or you know before and after photographs they are everywhere
0: yeah it's sort of like it could be a really lovely bridge into body kindness but there's like a little troll. <laughs> yeah (laughs) (laughs) like stops you or gives you like a smack on the head and it's all about weight loss and restriction right I love that you can use that
1: idea of a little troll on the bridge (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) exactly Um, what it is and you know I think it's really hard because a lot of accounts say oh we're about intuitive movement we're about mm. finding what feels good but we're mainly underneath it all just about fat loss and the calorie deficits and the so it's
0: you've got to be a bit careful <laughs> yes it drives me crackers when I see I don't know let's say like a traditional personal trainer or whatever being like oh I'm doing weight loss but it's uh not not dieting and I'm like what what's going on I'm so confused and I just imagine like how do like everyday people, like people listening to this podcast, like how how would they like really know the difference, right? Like we only know because we know, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well,
1: well I think I think oh. they don't. I mean, how how could people know the difference? Because there's so much conflicting information out there. And there's also so much pressure to look a certain way and to, you know, it's it's you know, we're we're gonna talk about this in a little while, but women of my age it's we grew up in the kind of the beginnings of diet culture I would say with the mm-hmm. with the special k you know twice a day adverts and the slim fast and the weight watchers and the you know that's when it all kicked off really mm-hmm. and that's it just was so normalized that yeah. you know it's really really hard to separate that from movement because movement was only ever burning off calories so deserving your pudding you know, it just, oh, it's Christmas Day. So let's have a big walk so we can walk off for dinner and and have some, you know, it's 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 everywhere. It's the air that we breathe. So it's um it's really hard for people. So that's why it's, it's so amazing that there's a podcast like this, Shannon, which helps just dispel those myths and speak and the truth.
0: I also wanted to name like you also have a podcast, right, where you talk about all of this. Yes.
1: Yes, mine is um, about. I mean, I it's called Find Your Strong, so it is. But I do I interview people from sort of it's a, the the non diet world really. But I also get people on um that talk about sort of stress responses and nervous system and and just finding strength. What does finding strong mean? What does finding your strong mean? Um, and it's a joy. I I just love having the chance to talk to people that I've admired online mm. um and just really and share that with people and I've had so many I'm sure you've had the same so many amazing comments on mm-hmm. some of the episodes that have really struck people in a way you know made them think about fitness and movement in a way they hadn't before yeah. and think about their bodies in a new way um so it's an absolute joy for me to do it
0: yeah it's a really lovely privilege isn't it?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Let's take a bit of a step back, because we've used the term non-diet and, like, weight-inclusive fitness and non-diet space. Would you be able to name what exactly, like, non-diet means? And, like, how is that so different from, like, traditional fitness?
1: Um. So... <laughs> I'm glad it's a a very good question yeah so non-diet I have a bit of a thing I have a bit of a bugbear um as somebody says what grinds your gears this is what grinds my gears um with a lot of PTs and personal trainers being nutrition coaches Mm. uh with very little experience (laughs) (laughs) um and that's if you've had a qualification absolutely fair play to you crack on But there's, you know, in the actual personal training qualification, there's very little information given to PTs about nutrition. And why am I in a position to tell people what to eat and how their body's going to metabolize food and how they're going to lose weight? That is not what I am here for. I'm here to help them build strength, maybe increase their fitness, reach their goals, their strength and fitness goals or their movement goals or their mobility goals. I am not here. I am not a nutritionist. I am not a dietitian. So for me, (laughs) I have no right to tell them um, to give them meal plans or to talk about calorie deficits or to, you know, that is not my lane. So I stay out of that lane. Whereas I think, you know, there's amazing fitness trainers out there who are not in specifically in the non-diet space and care about their clients hugely. So they're not doing any disservice to them whatsoever, but for me, um, the difference with, with my work is that I don't set aesthetic goals with clients. You know, you, I always say you may lose weight um, as a result of training with me. You may not. There's no way I can predict that. And that's not our aim. My aim with clients is to help them reach their movement goals, long term, short term, and to help them feel better in their bodies. Um, and to hold space for them and just to be there for them and I think that so I don't talk about calorie deficits I don't talk about um, tracking I don't do before and after photographs you know we don't use some of the um, tools that maybe other fitness professionals might use mm. um, and I don't talk about fat loss um, I don't talk about you know that it, that's the difference um, and obviously everybody has autonomy and that is not to say that you choose what works for you but I am a fitness trainer I'm not a nutritionist (laughs) (laughs) um so for me it's about just helping people to to find what works for them with movement so that's a very long-winded answer
0: (laughs) I love it I think that that's a really good answer and I was thinking about one of my clients who I've worked with for a long time and she has a personal trainer and her personal trainer is really stuck in doing the traditional ways with her. Um, okay. So this client's in recovery from disordered eating and she has a personal trainer that she's been seeing for a long time. But the personal trainer is still really stuck on talking about fat loss, trying to weigh her, trying to give her meal plans, saying that she would um, move faster if she were to lose weight. It's highly inappropriate, right? Um, hugely, hugely. And
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: also really like, really a shame because I'm always like, okay, you know, like we're, we're working on, you know, communication and boundaries and all that. And I'm like, well, you know, ultimately it's up to you what you want to get from your personal trainer, right? So mm-hmm. I can really hear that you're also like person centered and what people want from you, which is just really important, right?
1: But that's, I mean, that's really hard for her as well because she probably trusts her PT and, you know, if she's been with them for some time, it's, that's tough. That's tough. And I think it's, it's finding, I think for people, it's finding a trainer that they connect with and they feel comfortable with. It's not going to shame them in any way. That's not, you know, and I think you have struggled with an eating disorder or with disordered eating at any point of your on your, in your life, I think it's so important to maybe find a trainer who's open to not weighing you, not doing before and after photographs and just focusing on your your fitness and strength and movement goals. Um because I yeah, I really I think for your client that's really tough.
0: Yeah, it is. And I wonder, um, well, I should say many of my clients who have had in the past and who I have now they would love like a non-diet trainer like you're talking about but what we have found is it's been really tough to find people in like in person mm. with live. um so that's been a big challenge but I wonder like for you have you seen like a change in the fitness industry in the last let's say five years like do you feel like we're going to get more in real life uh people kind of promoting a non-diet fitness what do you think
1: so this is interesting um whether it's in the real life so i most of my clients are now online because <laughs> yeah. i think it's as you say it's um you know it's hard for people in all parts of the world to find a trainer that they can connect with and you know that that, that works with them in in this way um so the reach is slightly different i I think we've still got a long way to go Shannon. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think as you said you know we are absolutely in the minority but we are growing so in number we are growing in number um I'm very proud to work for Kim Stacey so I don't know if you know her but she's she runs a platform called body image fitness yeah um and works with an awful lot of trainers on that platform to just make fitness inclusive and make exercise inclusive and she has a range of instructors um in marginalized bodies and from diverse backgrounds and she's trying to do her best to spread the word and plant the seed um and just take you know the body shame out of movement um and help people just feel comfortable in movement and Um, So that is something that, and she is now working with the NHS. So the NHS have reached out to her because they would like her to run some programs for them. And that filled me with hope. Mm. I was like, you know, the NHS, there's an awful lot of work to do in terms of weight stigma and bias and and BMI bullshit. Sorry, I shouldn't swear. (laughs) But um, (laughs) the fact that they reached out to Kim and want to actually change things you know maybe just in one district but it's a start so it really did fill me with hope that actually things are changing um I would say there's there's always you can find non-diet trainers if you would be happy to work with somebody online you can absolutely find um non-diet trainers it's a little bit more challenging in real life um but it's definitely using resources like um instagram and facebook are actually quite handy and using the hashtags non-diet trainer and you know finding somebody in your area so it can be done but it just takes a bit extra work (laughs) (laughs)
0: um yeah i love that you mentioned kim i actually we had her on once it's all scheduled etc she'll be on a few episodes before you so Ah! that's that's really cool so people are familiar with her they've if they listen to all the episodes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a way for people to just get an introduction to non-diet fitness. You know, she's got teachers from all different um, disciplines such as dance. She's got dance, Pilates, strength, yoga, every kind of movement you can imagine. And we've got twerking now. I cannot twerk. I have tried. I really cannot move my bum in that way. (laughs) I keep trying. Um, But it's just a joy, And, um, so that, yeah, I just, I, I encourage people, there are resources for you out there. There are a growing number of non-diet trainers, um, online. Yes, majority is online, but there are also, you know, people in every area. So you can, you can reach out and certainly I can help you if you're in the Brighton and Hove area, I can help you find trainers in person, um, and yeah just reach out I just encourage people to just ask
0: yeah yeah and also asking puts out into the world in a way that you want more right like we want more Mm -hmm. people in different spaces doing non-diet work like it's pretty cool right to think about that
1: 100% you know and maybe we can get that message into gyms Mm -hmm. you know and across the country and you know it's we're trying and you know bit by bit it's not going to happen overnight um it's going to be a slow process but yes absolutely ask the question advocate for yourself and you know um absolutely and I think that that impacts other people doesn't it if they see if I I just think people that sort of find out what I do are suddenly oh what's what do you mean you're working in and they start asking questions so I think the more we can talk about it the better
0: yeah definitely well, on the note of who you work with, I wonder if we can talk a bit about um, like, well, I guess the obvious question is, you know, you specialize in working with women 40 plus. Yeah. Tell yeah. us, I guess, I guess it's not very, really, it's quite, I guess, obvious why you might want to work with this group, but like, why, why <laughs> did you choose this group? And, and why does it feel like so important to you to work with them?
1: Um, yeah so firstly it's my demographic even though I still think I'm in my 20s I'm not mm-hmm. I'm 47 uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's a phase of life where you can start losing your that's this is, sounds very dramatic but losing your se- sense of self a little bit or asking questions about who where you fitting in life or you know losing your way you're you start and and perimenopause approaches Mm. and you know we've got constant fluctuations in hormones which can lead to increased anxiety which can lead to so many different side effects for so many people and then on the other side we've got the media so we're being conditioned to to shrink our bodies to eat less to move more you know oh if you got a meno belly um which is something that I got an advert about the other day and you know the answer was Lose your marshmallow belly by eating less and moving more. And actually in this stage of life, we are going through a change uh, physiologically and we need to support and nourish our bodies through that change. This is not the time of life that we need to be restricting our food and pushing ourselves to exhaustion and depletion and burnout. Um, And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because, you know, I've seen influencers out there and i'll not mention names but you know sort of just saying oh all you need to do is just eat less and move more just keep moving just don't really sit down very much just keep moving and you know our bodies are all entirely different and also our bodies change and they're actually supposed to change through peri to post menopause those years Mm. for a reason (laughs) And yes. we can absolutely adapt our training to support ourselves so that we feel better and more energy and have that um and feel stronger in our bodies. We can support ourselves through movement, but we should not be using movement to deplete ourselves and to exhaust ourselves. And it's so much easier if you, you know, push yourself with cardio, which seems to be, you know, a lot of my clients have come from. I have to just do lots of cardio. That's all like you know, to lose weight and to keep the weight down and to maintain a certain weight. And that's not serving us
0: mm. when we
1: hit a stage where we have to start thinking about our joint health and our mobility and our flexibility. And, you know, and that's why strength training is is just, for me, something that I'm hugely passionate about bringing to women because, sorry, I'm answering a really long, I can't stop talking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think it's really lovely to hear because, you know, if the the people who are 40 plus listening, they're probably thinking, oh my gosh, what a breath of fresh air, right? This is like exactly what I wish I had. But I think you, so this is, I have clients in their thirties too. Um,
1: and I think, so I have some clients that are like, I'm going to get ahead of the game. I'm coming to you in my thirties. And I love that because they're like, I don't want to wait until I have painful joints and I, you know, I've achiness and stiffness. I'm coming now and doing the work. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just about being careful of the messaging that you're receiving on online um, because it's not about just moving more and eating less. And, and, we're all genetically disposed to have different bodies um, and our bodies aren't supposed to look like that influencer over there yeah. and you know we really need to think about how we feel and how we want to feel in our bodies and for me strength training just made me feel like strong and like a wonder woman it just makes you feel like a badass that's not a word my kids like when I use they're very <laughs> embarrassed by their mom. Um, but I just love lifting a heavy weight and pressing a weight up into there and feeling strong in my body. And the more that I've done strength training, the more I've appreciated my body exactly as it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that I'm so, I just want to bring to women because it's a hard time of life mm. you know. And, and anything you can do to support yourself, especially around movement is brilliant.
0: Can you talk a bit about, so I don't know if I'll get the words right so let's see what comes out but (laughs) (laughs) women especially women who are let's say I don't know past 35 they have lived a long life (laughs) where they've probably been looking after other people a lot right so Mm. It's almost like, and then you also mentioned like the loss of identity that can come around this time too. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Because basically like the world is designed so that women are constantly looking after other people and constantly also feeling pressure on the inside and outside to be better. Yeah. Even though most women are exhausted, right? Because they're constantly doing this, um, unpaid labor, the emotional burdens, all of this Mm. stuff, right? And so I wonder, like, and then you also mentioned, like, um, diet culture has really been, like, it started from, you know, let's say 20 years ago, right, like, when these women were younger. So Mm. it really just makes, like, total sense that something, like, your work needs to happen because it's completely... Different from the norm in a sense, like what women need. Hopefully, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I, I just think it's that you know it's the giver syndrome, isn't it? It's um, mm. there's an amazing book called Burnout by I think it's Amelia Nagoski or the Nagoski sisters. Yes, it's all about the women are the givers, aren't they? And that we hold the emotional burden of the family. Um, and it's so common to just reach this stage of life and be absolutely exhausted by everything um and you know you're also then you've got the pressure of but I've got to keep exercising because I've got to keep my you know my physique in a certain way or I'm putting on weight so I've got to I've got to immediately beat myself into submission and you know the pressure is coming from all sides and it's really really hard to drown out that noise and that's why a community is so important and, and finding people that share you know that, you know that share these views and that see things in the same way or that just want that change for women and Mm. i think it can also be a point of life where you have often people have teenage kids and they have aging parents
0: Mm. um
1: and as much you know i my kids are, are everything for me but the teenage years are emotionally charged and you've got to be there for your kids they need you kind of more than than ever and also you may have ailing parents that you've also got to tend to. And, you know, obviously that's not the case for everybody. Um, but it's uh, and, and then also you're being told you're no longer relevant in the world because you're, you know, you're almost 50 or you're a certain age. So it's you suddenly get this. Who am I? Where where do I sit? Where do I fit? You know, and and then the focus—it's quite easy to just use that coping mechanism we've been using for so long, mm-hmm. and just turn to our bodies, and let's just focus on that and making them look right. Everything else is a bit out of sync and out of control. So let's just make sure this looks the way it should. In inverted commas. So yeah. and it's so, you know, it's so easy to fall prey to diet culture and the messaging out there and you know I always say I'm not here for the easy sell because that just doesn't sit well with me at all but it's there's a lot of companies out there preying on women in their 40s who are just not feeling good about themselves or just feeling a bit lost um and that really pisses me off sorry for swearing again
0: <laughs> yeah it, it it really um it is it's rubbish right and also, I mean, I have a lot of clients who are 40s, 50s, 60s, and they usually come to me kind of in the mindset of, okay, like I know your approach and I know that it's not going to be like a, a diet plan and I know it's like deep work kind of thing, but usually they are still hoping for some <laughs> weight loss or they kind of want my secrets, right, to have the perfect diet or whatever um and so they they also tend to only have ever moved their body to lose weight Mm. Mm -hmm. and so they're like they they maybe have like sore joints or they're worried about osteoporosis yes Mm -hmm. and so they're like well I've only ever wanted to lose weight so I don't know how to move like um and then it's tricky because they do still want to lose weight, but they don't want to punish themselves anymore, right? Because they've kind of got that awareness that it's never worked. And also they they know that weight loss isn't really ultimately what they, they want truly. How um, do you help people like go about healing their relationship to movement if they've only ever moved to lose weight? you yeah, have you have got the question Shannon I like these that's good um it's,
1: <laughs> this is a really tricky one um and I've I've kind of put together a guide on intuitive movement um because it's it's really freaking hard and it's it's mainly just encouraging people to be patient with themselves and it's it's it, give me another word for journey I hate the word journey and I can I can't... hate it
0: too um <laughs> It just reminds
1: me of the X Factor. I can't <laughs> know.
0: <laughs> um, let me think. How about process or process,
1: Us, yes? So yeah. I always say to people, trust the process. So for me, um, I was I am a runner. Um, I did several marathons, um and you know, and that was kind of what I used to punish myself really when I look back on it, so that I could eat in a certain way um you know it's quite extreme to do marathons to do that but um when I find intuitive eating I had to take a break from running I had to take a step back completely because I couldn't disassociate it with the calorie burn or weight loss or because you know running and weight loss are often um interlinked um and there's a lot of yeah you you know what I mean (laughs) you know it's sort of seen as oh if you want to lose weight go for a run um, so I took a step back and maybe took a year off. Um, and then I started meeting friends for runs and decided to take the pressure off and not do things like the park run or not do any timed runs. Mm. I, I wouldn't put that pressure on myself. And that's still what I need to do. So I ran a marathon in January, um, for Alzheimer's, um, for my mum, Um, but I hated it. Mm. I absolutely hated every minute of it and it was so it was like a revelation and I had a guest on my podcast Ban Haas who's amazing um and she's a psychotherapist um and she said maybe you just didn't hate yourself enough <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh my goodness yeah and I suddenly went I have really my priorities have changed I actually want it's okay for me to feel okay in my body and comfortable. I don't need to push it to the extreme anymore, you know? And it's that for me, and that was only really, that realization is only in the last probably six months to a year. And I'm like, actually I'm there, you know, I've got to a place now where I don't push myself beyond what I'm capable of. I do test my body and challenge my body because I love it but I certainly don't do it for the reasons that I used to. Um, So I would just say to people that take a step back, journal. If you like to journal, journal, or just write down what you like to do, what you historically, what movement have you ever actually enjoyed? So I'm not talking about exercise to burn off calories. Have you enjoyed going ice skating or, you know, anything at all, like bungee jumping or (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you know what's the zip wires what did you enjoy hula hoops what did you enjoy when you were a kid so yeah. taking your mind away from the actual calorie burn side of things um and and asking yourself how you want to feel in your body when you move that's a really good one I want to feel energized I want to feel like it benefits my mental health I want to feel clearer in my head and able to cope with the day ahead um, I want to go out and meet friends so I just want to feel better and more energetic able to move better feel better and that's an important one because that can then impact what movement you do mm. and what you choose to do so it's it's I always say to clients think about your why for movement and think about how you want to feel when you move yeah um, so yeah. first of all what is your why is it to, to be able to play with your grandkids when you're in your 60s 70s 80s is it to be able to get off the floor to be able to be as independent as you can for as long as you can you know is it to run a 5k is it to do a charity sponsored run what you know whatever your goal your individual goal is keep that in your mind and also then ask yourself how you want to feel and find that movement which helps you feel that way if that makes sense
0: yeah it makes so much sense and there's there's a lot in there right that maybe would even take someone years to figure out right and yes. I mean like like you have years down the line you're still figuring things out about you like this is a a, a journey <laughs> it's a journey <laughs> a journey and a process that it doesn't yeah. end um mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing that's so different about this sort of approach to exercise is like with exercise in the traditional sense it's very like hard and very like it's like a um metal shelf right and it's just like okay you do it and then you're done yeah yes yeah. this, it's more like connecting with yourself feeling what you need mm-hmm. um, reflections and so that can be like really exciting but also it can be like really scary right
1: yeah, it's exact. It's very scary because you you know maybe you had a very rigid structure before, mm. um, and what what I say to clients that you know everybody works differently. Their brains work differently. Some people need structure, mm. um, so and and I do. I'm a person that needs a little bit of structure. But what I would say it's for me, movement is very much like eating in the sense of intuitive movement i see as taking that step back working on your relationship with movement and then adding the gentle structure back in Mm. so that's how i work with with clients it's kind of you know as in gentle nutrition with intuitive eating i think you need to not bring it in immediately i think you need to do do the work really think about that diet mentality and rejecting that and then you can add that structure back in yeah Um, because there's nothing wrong with having a a plan to build strength or having a training program that's all great it's all about the intention Mm. behind that Um,
0: definitely I wonder you can tell the listeners like something of yours that would be really helpful for them and if you have any other resources like maybe a really good book or a really good video or something that would also be beneficial like Maybe as like an intro to all of this work to like get them, to get them kind of um started. Do you have any recommendations?
1: Yeah. So um I've got a program at the minute, which is an online training program called PT in my pocket. Um and there's different tiers there. So and it's a way if you need lots of support, there's a tier for that. If you need very little support, there's a tier for that um and it's yeah it's again it's just a way to find movement a different I don't know just to find it experience it differently and I work with other professionals as well so it's a strength training program but then I work with other professionals who are also in the non-diet space Mm -hmm. um so to add yoga to the program to add a little bit dance to the program to make movement a bit more fun Um, but in terms of what I'd recommend, so yeah, reach out to me if you'd like to work with me. I've got two spaces left at the minute, but they go quickly, so reach out. (laughs) Um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and yeah, so I've got on my website, I've got a whole list of resources, non-diet resources and podcasts and books, um, etc. So I'm happy to share those with you, Shannon, if you want to put those in the show notes.
0: Yes, amazing. Uh, Or I can put the I'll put the link.
1: Because I tell you what, there is nothing better than a podcast.
0: Yeah, to help
1: you you know when you're on long walks or when you're going into town or when you're doing your shopping if you're feeling if you're having a bad body image day and you feel like crap about your body it, there's nothing better than listening to an uplifting podcast which is dispelling the myths of diet culture
0: mm. and just
1: you know just encouraging you on on that journey <laughs> sorry I'm not using it all the time <laughs> but just encouraging you because you need you need that and to To know that it is hard, but it's not impossible. You know, we're learning all the time, but for me, I see the change so clearly now and how I experience movement is so different. And that is possible. Um, And for people just to use resources, there's so many free resources out there, so many. Um, And I have on my Instagram, I've got a free resource on intuitive movement and how to to start um, if you're interested but, you know, I will share those resources with you Um, and please reach out if if you want any more information.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Um, I'm sure people will. And yeah, just, um, I just want to thank you again for coming on. I feel like this has been just such a nice conversation. And like you said, I, I imagine someone could listen to this and it really like it sounds so cliche, but I think really be changed by it. Right. Like be changed that there is a different way to move and to be with your body
1: and they're really you know it's not just lip service there yeah. you know there's there's so many of us that have experienced that for ourselves and I, and just to let people know it's possible you know it is it, it takes a while but it is absolutely possible to have a different relationship to movement in your body um there is absolutely hope out there really is
0: there really is, and I wonder. On the note of exercise, movement episode, let's end today's episode maybe by let's name what kind of movement we really like. Maybe that might be a bit fun. Let's, yeah. let's do that. Let's name what kind of movement we really like and how our relationship has changed from it. Should we end today's episode with that? Yeah. Well,
1: right.
0: You, I'll go first, and then you can you can end. Yeah. With your guest. all right so I'll tell everyone a sport that I've always played is tennis um so like I was on like my school team and all this kind of thing and I've always really loved it but I stopped playing because it's a really exhausting sport right like it's really (laughs) like it's a really tough sport and so I kind of let it go as I was in like high school because you know I was like a teenager and then I was also like Oh, it's too exhausting because I was really disordered with with food, and mm. it was too much. And so I let go of it. And then when I was in uni, so well actually when I finished uni, so I was about twenty two. Um, I really got into consuming all types of tennis media. So got into watching tennis matches like every day, listening to all the podcasts, reading all like the juicy news, etc. And so actually, I really got into the sport that I loved again by not wow. actually by not doing the sport but by actually just like consuming the stuff around it wow and then when I was more like physically able to run around and play and whatever then I was able to play it again and it started off like very gentle right like it wasn't running or anything um but that's kind of how I got back into it and that's how I found my love for it again um oh, yeah so actually it didn't come from doing it it came from being in the world again which was really important I think um so yeah even movement can even it's not technically movement but a way into movement could even be watching sport or mm. following athletes or I don't know something like that right
1: and I think you know what um so I work with a lovely lady called Jen Dr. Jen Huber who's men- she's a menopause nutritionist she mm. always says don't throw the baby out with the bath water um and I was like, oh yeah. So you know, I loved as as I said earlier, I loved running, um, and I can still love running now, but it may be in a different way. You know, I don't have to stop consuming any, as you're saying. Sort of, I love the running community, and in Brighton and Hove, there's a really strong running community, and you know, volunteering at certain events and all of that, and it's. that's a way to do it so if you want to take a break maybe do some volunteering at some running events for example um Mm -hmm. or just you know there's so many different clubs out there and you can still be involved in the running world but taking a step back for example and so and I took a step back as I said but now I love a little plod Mm -hmm. so my husband and I go for like a Sunday run sometimes not every week but and it's really nice and I like it and I don't have to do it but I enjoy it when I do it um and it's something that's become really fun now rather than punishing. you know it's just I really enjoy it yeah. um and it's I've taken that pressure off myself and I think you're the same with the tennis. So I stayed in the running world so a lot of my friends were runners so like you with the tennis, I stayed it was still all around me um and then when I was ready, I kind of went back to it in a slightly different way.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think those are nice stories to to share. I think it's a nice, like, different perspective on movement and sport as well.
1: And I just want to say to people, try something really fun. Like, you know, what I tried when I'm coming out of my pole dancing, I tried and pole fitness. So it's not pole dancing because I'm Presbyterian, <laughs> <laughs> nice and repressed. Um, so I went to a pole fitness class um I loved it I did it for about six months and had the best teacher learned a lot about myself and actually a lot of misconceptions I had about pole fitness and um and judgments etc but it was also just something entirely out of my comfort zone yeah. like I'd, I'd thought about it, but I was like no I could never do that so I'm encouraging people if you're if you are able to if your joints allow try something like really different and really out there and really fun that you would never have thought about before you know bring a friend and and yeah just trying to find a little bit of joy in movement can be really powerful
0: yeah I love that one thing I found is swing dancing oh what's that? that swing dancing is more like oh I don't know how to describe it but like you know like um country westerny kind of music like um, oh yeah yeah like that kind of thing (laughs) um and it's kind of like it's it's actually really accessible usually it's like you'll find free classes in like community halls oh my goodness so swing dancing is a really good one um and I that I feel like that's like a fun kind of dance and it's really low impact as well so that might even be something to explore.
1: Um, okay I am on that one I'll yeah. let you know because I'm gonna I'm gonna go on Google that just now. Yes
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the music is really like upbeat and fun it's like um I don't know if you know the song the one that goes down um, like one bourbon one shot one beer you know like that song?
1: Oh yeah. Oh that my kind goodness. Of
0: music. So it's very like fun kind of a bit silly music
1: oh that signs really you see that kind of thing people generally wouldn't see as movement or exercise
0: yeah.
1: you know and it's once you change your perspective anything
0: is possible exactly yeah okay well thank you for coming on I think it's been really lovely to chat with you and I it feels like a really nice lively episode which I think is really fitting into good
1: (laughs) I always have a diet coke when I'm doing and I love a diet coke don't ask me why but when I'm doing a podcast so maybe that's why I'm so lively
0: (laughs) I get that too I always have to have a drink in the afternoon like a diet coke or something because yeah it just gives so much energy and good vibes doesn't it I
1: know I love a bit of caffeine
0: (laughs) I love it too I love it I need it (laughs) all right well everything that we've spoken about um including the documentaries and books that you mentioned i'll put them in the show notes um do you reach out to christine if you want to work with her or even just follow her to be in her world i think that'd be a good idea too um and thanks for coming on
1: oh thank you for having me i'm gonna have you online very soon
0: shannon yeah amazing all right well everyone else i'll speak to you next week for our next episode Bye, bye